We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Bat Mayo Experience. Workday, charity open, first look, course preview, some early leans. If you out there want to smash the like button and give me your early lean, it would be highly appreciated, as it would if you left a five-star rating on the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Take your phone, scroll to the bottom, click five stars, be on your way. You want to leave a review on that too? <laughs> We're in great business. You, you are a friend of the Pat Mayo Experience if you do that. But just like it takes five seconds to rate it, just do that and go on your way. That's the lifeblood of the podcast industry, as sad as that sounds. But hey. It's the world we live in. Please help us out. Uh, I will have Millionaire Maker tickets to give away. Fingers crossed. I had 20 the last two weeks. I've been doing that Wednesday at noon Eastern on the PME Twitter page, at the PME. So I would highly recommend you follow me on Twitter and just set up a notification for like 11.59 a.m. Eastern time on Wednesday if you want to have a chance to get into the draw for one of the Millionaire Maker tickets I will have to give away. So check it out then. Uh, For this week's show, obviously this is the first look, Monday with Feinberg. I believe Tuesday I've been holding off my top 200 fantasy football rankings. Uh, I got some good guests for that show, so I saved it till Tuesday. That's coming out then, the DraftKings show on Wednesday for golf. Give it time to breathe a little bit. So no chat again this week with football ramping up. Uh, It's going to be difficult to continue that chat. Only so many hours during the course of the day. Thursday, UFC. There's a millionaire maker for that this week. It's the one on the island. Paul and Cody will have some picks. I'm in the live final for that. It's a three-week final, but hopefully Paul and Cody can just get hot for three weeks and I can tail their picks and then I can win like 50K. That would be amazing. Uh, Something I would highly enjoy to do at this point in time because I got wiped out this week on DraftKings. Regardless of how it finishes, I'm basically winning no money. Uh, Bad week. We only had 4% of teams in the millionaire maker get six of six teams through. So... uh, uh, I was not one of those 4% in any of the 10 lineups I played in the Millionaire Maker, so bad news on me. I had the right strategy, I feel, when Raza and I p- talked it out. Uh, we both agreed that you can go like super high-end player, super low-end player. I just chose the wrong players. Instead of choosing Webb and Bryson, I chose Terrell Hatton, Hideki, and Patrick Reed. Mix those guys together. And then here's, a, here's something that gets confused in my mind a lot. And I know that other people have made the mistake. Paul has pointed this out on the MMA show of why he really leans towards betting on MMA versus playing UFC DraftKings. Because 
it's hard to parse the two sometimes. Like when I hit the betting board and I saw Kevin Nod, knowing the back concerns, like there's really no difference between if Kevin Nod WDs or if he comes second when you bet him outright. They're both losing wagers. Uh, but then that gets conflated in your mind of, oh, I should parlay this over to DraftKings. I bet him to win. He should be in my DraftKings lineup. It doesn't always work out that way. I made that critical error this week and it cost me a lot of my cash on DraftKings in terms of what I entered this week. So that's always something to keep in mind moving forward of sometimes guys are better off being DraftKings plays. Sometimes guys are better off being outright bets, uh, just with the volatility that comes along with all of them. Now, if someone is good enough to win an event, then probably you want them on your DraftKings team. But when you have someone like Jason Day, Louis Oosthuizen, and Kevin Na. It's difficult because these guys have a propensity to withdraw from the tournament. Now, I don't even know how bad Kevin Na's back is. He complained about it beforehand. Uh, He just couldn't putt, really. He struck the ball very poorly on the front nine on Thursday. uh, Couldn't make a putt. He struck it better on the back nine. Still couldn't make a putt. And then he's basically out of it after a few holes. He's like, screw this. I'm going home. I don't need the money. I'm Kevin Na. I've won twice in the past calendar. Not calendar year, I suppose. In the past 12 months. So... It sucks if you had him. Shit happens. Uh, I had him, so just know that I'm along with you um, uh, in terms of that regard. But sometimes trying to parse out betting and DraftKings and developing different strategies between them. But if you had rolled with the Bryson and Webb stack and just took some of these dummies down at the bottom... Probably doing pretty well this week. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, What else do we have? The PME Open. Yes, the link is in the description of this video and podcast. That is where you find it shockingly enough for the people that ask like oh i listen to your show every week pat uh where's the link you, you don't listen you, you it's a clear lie this is what we're going with here come on I, I say it everyone knows where to find it if you listen to the show but last week the payout structure got all fucked up uh there was like a new guy doing pricing at DraftKings. he's like oh here's how we normally price tournaments here's how we're going to do it so whoever won whoever's going to win the pat mayo experience open for rock and board is going to win 20k which is pretty legit um but i have always been a strong supporter of a balanced flat payout structure that's how this tournament has always been uh and from time to time they get different pricing people in who you know they just do it their own way. Most of the time, we're on the same page. I'm not the one who comes up with the pricing structure, so you know, don't get mad at me uh, when it comes down to it. I was just as shocked to see it as you are. This week, completely fixed, up to 6,000 spots this week, no rake, three max entry, $15 to enter. Again, link in the description of this video and podcast, and top prize is not 20000 it's 7500 which means... Second prize, 4000 3000 2500 2000 15 1250 1000 9th and 10th pay 750 apiece, 500 for 11th and 12th, then down to 300 250 200 250 and from spots 891 to 1540th, you get double your money. The min cash, if you cash, is a thing I've really been big on in terms of tournament structure for this tournament specifically, whether it be football, whether it be golf, the Pat Mayo Experience Open. Hopefully that they just make a note of this so if like someone new comes in to do the pricing or do the payouts that week that they can just refer to this because this is how it is and this has been filling as of monday evening uh, each of the past two weeks that's why you're seeing it bigger and bigger there's ninety thousand dollars of rake free money guaranteed this time around so let's fill it as quickly as possible the quicker it fills the larger it gets that's just a very simple formula that we can put in so if we do that we're looking good, all right? Uh, also, fantasynational.com is what I'm going to be using to walk you through what I'm seeing so far in terms of my early research. If you go to fantasynational.com slash mayo, M-A-Y-O, 
course, you should know that you're watching the Pat Mayo Experience. You get yourself 20% off the weekly, the monthly, the yearly, whichever one you want, you get yourself 20% off. I highly recommend it. I'm not going to lie to you. There's people out there who will tell you the exact same thing. And, you know, you, you don't need to prod them to let them tell you how great Fantasy National is. They will just openly tell you because it's a fantastic product. I highly Recommend it. My endorsement, the Pat Mayo endorsement. It's the reason I don't lose all of my money every single week. I'm just looking at the leaderboard right now for a timestamp of when I'm actually filming this. Matthew Wolf is currently 1,800 through 16. He's on that par 5 right now, which you would think is going to be, let's see, oh, he's in the right rough. Maybe he actually makes par here if he can't get it up and down. Uh, but it's Wolf, Armour, Bryson. Um, they're through. Did Hubbard bogey the par five? Oh, God. Uh, so my week comes down to Hubbard, Wes Bryan, and Matt Wallace winning. Or if two of those, if one of those guys or two of those guys can come inside the top five, then it's going to be a very, very profitable betting week with the each ways that I ended up playing. One of those guys wins. We're dancing all of a sudden uh, in terms of hitting a long shot. Probably not going to be that lucky. Uh, with Webb and Bryson out there, Wolf a bit ahead. If he can stall or potentially bogey, if he can rest at 18 under or bring it back to 17, there's a lot of guys in play on this leaderboard. Uh, so again, at the end, when we talk about showdown, I will mention that a little bit. For the course this week, it's kind of tricky. So Mirfield Village, the place that normally hosts the Memorial Tournament, is being used for back-to-back weeks right now. Uh, the first one, the Workday Charity Open, is like a full field event, which is replacing the John Deere Classic on the schedule because uh, in Illinois, I guess they just didn't want to have a golf tournament, uh, so they moved back-to-back weeks to this course. And the big talk right now is how is Mirfield Village going to play differently for one tournament versus Memorial, which is next week, which is a smaller field, 120 players. This week, there's 156 players like we've seen the past two weeks. Uh, <laughs> actually, yeah, I think it's been 156 every week since we've come back. Uh, so Memorial will be the first condensed field, the invitational setting that we're used to at this course. So I don't know if I should just be looking at Mirfield Village when Memorial plays. The two distinctive things that I've heard about what is different from this week to next week is, one, there will be different pin placements and tee boxes used. So they don't want to wreck the course, essentially. So if they move the tee boxes back, the landing areas for the balls are going to be different a week from now, even if they're like 20 yards a bit higher. So that part of the course won't be as bad. I've heard the greens are going to be slower. Expectations that they're going to run about 11 on the stint versus 13 and a half, as they normally do for Memorial. So the greens will be slower this week versus next week. I am curious to see if that ends up happening how that is going to affect people who play both of the weeks where you're used to playing the same course over and over yeah there's going to be different tee boxes and different pins but once you're on the greens the green layout is basically the same uh except seven days from now it's going to run pretty fast versus you know average to a little bit slow on the end so it looks like they're gearing it up for birdies a little bit generally speaking players hit 70 percent of the fairways at memorial but if you get into the rough it's like a disaster so they're going to grow the rough up for memorial which means they can't really mow it for the workday so the expectation now again by reports is that the rough is going to be three and a half inches they're hoping it gets up to four maybe a little bit more depending on growth for next week so the rough won't be as penal as you're used to seeing at this course Uh, and by the scorecard uh, the official scorecard from the site, I know this changes day to day when they move the tee boxes around, but it's going to continue to play as a par 72, but it's going to be 7,456 yards. Normally, at least last year, in the past few years, Mirfield Village for Memorial has played 7,392 yards. So you're getting almost 60 more yards in length for this course with 156 players versus what you're going to expect to see at Memorial a week later. So minute differences, obviously, and maybe guys that have played this a bunch of times are just like, 
like freaked out by everything that's going on because they aren't the normal tee boxes or pin placements. I, I don't know. I doubt that's going to be the case. Take the good players that usually tends to do well. Uh, there are 73 bunkers on the course. There are 13 water hazards. Uh, and one of the big things that I just kind of wanted to get to, let's switch over to fantasynational.com very quickly and just look at this. Uh, I have last year's Memorial Tournament pulled up. And again, I'm just going to try to cross-reference this versus a lot of things that I've seen. So Cantley ends up winning. Uh, so if we just look back at the past few, so you have Cantley, Scott, Keimer, Streelman, Leishman, Hideki. The year before, Bryson and Stanley. That was a playoff. I uh, had money on Kyle Stanley and Bjorn Hanan, and Bryson comes and just knocks through the door. Cantley was fourth that year, too. Uh, you see names like Uline, Rose, and Neiman. Rose has an excellent course history at Memorial, as does Hideki when we go back and look here. Uh, let's see. Duffner won the year before. Lahiri fell. Lahiri had such a scorching Sunday. I remember that bigly. Uh, Lahiri, Fowler, Justin Thomas, Matt Kuchar, Bubba Watson. Uh, that was the year that Bubba Watson was playing like the weird ball. Uh, Stanley up there too. So interesting to see Stanley. Uh, maybe after killing all of my lineups this week, we can go back to him. Did have a much better McGirt, Dirt McGirt, John Curran, Dustin Johnson, Woodland, Rory. Uh, let's see here. 2015 is the year that Rose gagged it to Lingmurth in the playoff coming down the stretch. We see Hideki and Leishman, Finau and Keegan all pop back up in there along with Billy Ho as well. Uh, and then I kind of cross-referenced it with Firestone. You know, similar both Ohio courses uh, and we've seen some crossover. So this is the last time it was played at Firestone. It was with uh, two years ago. It moved over to TPC Southwind in Memphis a year ago. But before that, I mean, obviously the big thing in the room right now is if you look at Firestone and you look at Memorial, those are two courses that Tiger Woods has dominated over the years. So that is worth noting that there is that crossover. But Tiger dominated everywhere. But there's actually more to it than that. So Justin Thomas, who's in the field this week uh, for Workday, was the last winner there. But then you see Kyle Stanley comes in second. He's someone who's popped up on that Memorial leaderboard. Cantlay, former winner. Uh, Finau has a high pop-up. Kucher has won at Memorial in the past. So that's kind of interesting to see that crossover. If we keep going backwards, Hideki, he's won at both of these courses. Hadwin, Rory, Ricky. All right, here we go. Seeing some guys. We saw Adam Scott pop up on the top of both as well. Dustin Johnson has won at Firestone in the past. Day Kucher, who has won at Memorial, ends up chopping up. Lingmurth, he wins at Memorial. Like, th this is this is really, really where it stuck out to me. So you have Lingmurth. Uh, 2016 ends up coming seventh, I believe. Was this, this Lingmurth here? So he won 2015 at Memorial. And in 2016, ends up coming seventh at Firestone. Uh, if we go to 2015, he also comes sixth at Firestone that year. Shane Lowry gets his first big breakthrough win on American soil, winning in WGC. Uh, winner of big events, Shane Lowry. Furyk's a guy who's played well at both uh, in the past. Justin Rose, who we know has an immaculate track record at Memorial, will look into him a little bit more as he is in the field this week. Ends up coming third. Bubba and Furyk, we've seen them on two of those leaderboards. Then we go back to 2014 when Rory won. You have Leishman up there, Keegan up there, Rose up there again. Now, the w, uh, let's see, Hideki and Kucher, two former winners of Memorial, both T12, Furyk again. So it's interesting to see that a lot of the similar names cross over. Now, it could be one thing where the WGCs actually draw the best of the best field. We know that. And Memorial for non-WGCs and non-majors is one of the highest regarded events of the year. So you have strong fields in both. The field this week, while much stronger than Rocket Mortgage, 
you know, it doesn't have Tiger Woods. It doesn't have everyone you would expect to see at Memorial. We'll probably see them a week from now when the Memorial Tournament actually happens. Tiger included. I think Tiger's going to play. No announcement yet. There were rumors that he was going to play this week for Workday, but he's probably just going to say, eh, I'll just I'll show up to Memorial, have my game back in. I just thought that was an interesting crossover. Uh, it's obviously not going to help you much for like sleepers, but top of the board, I, I think early leans for me. Justin Rose has to be on there. Leishman has to be on there. I mean, Sergio's a really interesting case. I don't actually know if he's in the field or not this week. Let's, let's see. Sergio, you playing, or are you going to save it for Memorial? Nah, Sergio's not in the field. Oh, well, good. I don't have to waste my money on Sergio this week. Uh, Justin Rose. So coming in, Justin Rose, bad travelers, missed the cut. A lot of people missed the cut at travelers. Uh, 14th at Heritage, great ball striking. Third at Charles Schwab at Colonial, great ball striking there. And we go and look at his memorial, 13th, 6th, 2nd, missed cut, 8th, 8th. And the year that he missed the cut, all due to chipping and putting. Uh, he's actually turned his fortunes around a lot at memorial uh, in his past three visits, 19, 18, and 2015, where he gained. Uh, if he can continue to go on the way that he's been rolling right now, obviously the putting hasn't been there. It was only there on bent grass greens at Charles Schwab, which we're going to see again this week. We had Bermuda and then Poa for Heritage and Travelers. So we get Justin Rose back on bent. Uh, it looks like he's always been a better Bermuda putter, uh, but bent, he's a positive. Poe, he's a positive. He's been positive the last three years of Memorial. Not a guarantee, obviously. You can go minus six. It's putting. But Justin Rose would be an early look for me. Leishman was the other one I really wanted to dig into just to see because I've been playing him. And he's been, like, good, but then he's been, like, super bad at times. Uh, the approach has just been immaculate. I did mention that over 70% of players at, at Memorial, at least, hit the fairway. It's the rough that really gets people. I don't know what has happened to Mark Leishman's around the green game. That is concerning. Uh, he was good at API and then just could not get anything going. Hopefully he can straighten that out. If we look at Memorial in the past, never missed a cut. That's nice to see. 5th, 62nd, 15th, 11th, 5th. Uh, gains on approaches most years. Gains off the tee most years. Putts well most years. Six and a, seven strokes around the green. Well, that's probably never going to happen again, especially when he's in such a... So it's been hit or miss around the greens for him. I'd like to see him rectify that this week, but we might end up getting hung a decent number with Leishman, and then we can just go through being upset the entire time. The field itself is actually really good. And when we come down to it, it's a field of 156, like I said. In the last two weeks in the Millionaire Maker, we've seen 2.5 and 4% get six of six players through. Now, this tournament, uh, we saw a scale back at the Travelers from the first two tournaments in terms of overall field strength. And then at Rocket Mortgage, it was way down on the list when you looked at it in terms of compared to the three weeks before it. Uh, you had Bryson, you had Webb, you had Reed, you had Hideki. It was a good field, not a great field, better than the Rocket Mortgage usually gets. Now we're back to a much stronger field. This is about as strong as the Travelers field, but what we've seen, unless you get the super-duper stack at the top in terms of talent, that Superstars, Super Scrubs has really been a key lately. That's the way that you've wanted to play it. I, I don't know if that's going to persist. I guess it depends on where the value lies. Like We'll see someone like Shane Lowry, who's been playing very poorly, who has won at the crossover event, uh, played good for at least one round <laughs> at Travelers. Uh, maybe he's someone that you can go to at a decent price. I don't know. But these like lower $7,000 guys really haven't been all that 
flat dissimilar from like the mid $6,000 guys. Hell, the mid sevens uh, for that matter too. So that's really interesting to see for me. I hope Joaquin, Joaquin Neiman is in the field this week and he's someone who had been playing a lot better. Uh, when we look at the overall field, so the guys at the very top, again, Kevin Na not playing next week. Uh, thank God. Uh, I'm not going to be afraid to go back to Kevin Na next time he's done. I had that hesitation at Travelers because I felt I was like, oh, he could WD again. He has back problems. He ends up coming inside the top five. Like, it's very easy to make that retrospective analysis when you say, oh, he had a bad back. Of course he WD. Well, of course he did. If he had been playing well, I don't think he was going to WD. But I guess that means his back wouldn't have hurt him as much. Sometimes you just have to roll the dice on it. If you're going to bitch and moan about a guy who withdraws or gets hurt, then maybe this isn't for you. I'm just saying, if that puts you on tilt, uh, you haven't been doing this long enough. Justin Thomas, John Rom, Brooks, Reed, Xander, Hideki, Justin Rose, Patrick Cantley, and Sung JM all in the field this week for the Workday Charity Open. Matt Kuchar, Gary Woodland, Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth, Bubba Watson, Phil Mickelson, Leishman, Hovland, Neiman, Morikawa, Shane Lowry, Louie, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Scotty Scheffler, all in the field. Scheffler, seven over the first day, seven under the second day. Can't wait to go back and watch him go like eight, uh, eight over on, uh, <laughs> on Thursday this time around. It was nice to see him get it back together a little bit, though. Texas guy used to these bent grass greens. Maybe that's a positive for him not always a positive when it comes down to this but uh the, the field is pretty strong so again uh superstars super scrubs unless you want to take that balance i mean the balance build at the stronger field at heritage was really the way that you wanted to go the past two weeks that just just hasn't come to fruition and like if you had taken done the superstars super scrubs at travelers and used justin thomas you were fucked just same way if you used patrick reed this week like i did uh, you were fucked uh tends the breaks like it's funny to, for me to see like so many new people have been getting into golf. I really welcome everyone coming in. It's really cool to see the numbers go up, the engagement go up. Everyone wants the picks and they came in at a good time. We hit back to back winners and, you know, maybe with the luck of the draw, Wes Bryan can shoot 62 tomorrow and end up winning. That would be fantastic. Giving away 200 to one winners uh, for people who tuned in first time on the show. But the, the comments that you get, like, I can't believe you didn't hit all of the winners this week. Why don't you have the leaderboard? Fans of the show, the regulars who grind out at this, no, it, it goes badly. I saw, like, I've been working on condensing my player pool on DraftKings. I've saw other people try to do the same thing. They've been tweeting me the results, and they're not good. But that's kind of the whole point of condensing the core. Like, if you have a bad week, you're going to have a really bad week. But the point is not to have middling weeks. If you condense your core, and instead of playing 20 guys for 20 lineups, you play 13 guys over 20 lineups, and something like that, that if you have the good week, you're going to spike across the board. You have the the maximum amount of chances to hit one. Like you have a single bullet and you're not near the top, like your chances are still so minuscule of actually winning. Not to say that if you had 15 lineups going for first, that it wouldn't be like a super high percentage because it wouldn't be, it would still be very small, but it would still be 15 times better. Like that's just the way that I look at it. I'm either wanting to win really big and I'm good with losing the money. That's the way that I like to play it. And I think that's the, that's the mindset at least you need to have in GPPs. If not, you should play some cash games. Like, honestly, if that's not the mentality that you want to take, that you want to try to maximize your chance to either win big or just lose it all, then stick to cash games, stick to, you know, single entries, that kind of thing. I think it's a different mentality that people don't really factor in that much. At least a lot of new people is what I'm telling you when it comes down to something like DraftKings, like something like my tournament, you could probably 
probably go a bit cashier, although the tournament's pretty big now, up to 6,000 entries, but it's a three max. It's not like someone's throwing in 150 lineups at you. You can only have three at the maximum. So, you know, you can construct your player pool that way, where maybe you do want to balance it out a little bit, or, you know, to have eight guys for six lineups and really try to bink it if you go for it. So let's go back again to fantasynational.com slash mail if you want that 20% off. I like JT a lot here. He was the last champion at, well, obviously, the, the pricing isn't out for DraftKings yet. The odds aren't out for anything like that. I'm kind of disappointed Bryson didn't play. Uh, he's finally taken the week off here. Uh, if we just look at, let's go to the last two months because, you know, two months ago, nothing was going on. So this will give us all the tournaments since we've actually come back into play. Uh, so we'll see 10 rounds for some guys, 12. Obviously, the information from Rocket Mortgage has not been updated. That will not be added to Fantasy National until that tournament has been concluded. So we have the first three events. So if we look at strokes gained T to green, overall, recent form, Hovland, well, that's continuing to go at Rocket Mortgage right now. Rose is second. Neiman, Thomas, C. Woo! Kim. Shocker to see Siwoo up there, and he's having another decent approach week after the first round at Rocket Mortgage. You just hope he can finally get it together at one of these things. I'm still not trusting my DraftKings lineup. Big Harry V, Streelman, Connors, Stanley, Bubba Watson. Bubba Watson's another player who's done well at this course in the past, and it's almost a, like, if you could build a lineup this week, everyone's pissed at Justin Thomas because he missed the cut last time around. No one wants to take him. I'm guessing unless ever... Some guys, that they're immune to that. Bubba is someone that will not be immune to it. People use Bubba this week. He sucked. They used him the week before at Travelers where he was supposed to play well. He sucked. Um, I'm curious to see what his price is. It's probably going to be like $7,500. Um that maybe he's someone you can go to at really low ownership. Like, he's a pure GPP play, as always. He's either high upside or high downside, but he can make eagles with the best of them. There's four par fives at this course going uh, this time around. So interesting to see with someone like him. Uh, I'm going to go check out my modeling from last year. Uh, Truth be told, I have not had a ton of success at this course in the past. Not one of my uh, good classic courses to go back to where is memorial memorial muirfield do i not i am memorial sad uh in terms of what did i have last year i had strokes gained t to green strokes gained off the d strokes gained approach 175 to 200 proximity from beyond 200 yards par fours 400 to 450 yards par fives sand saves and putting i am probably going to readjust those is this Please, no, that's the leaderboard. Oh, Wolf got it to 19 to close it out. Armor, 16. Bryson. Merritt, Hubbard. Hubbard really let me down down the stretch. So I have Hubbard, Bryant, and Matt Wallace. So I got a 13, a 13, and a 14. Need one of these guys to go have the round of their life. And Matthew Wolf to fuck off. Uh, he won the 3M the 3M Open last year. Him and Bryson were inside the top five. Morikawa really should have played this event, come to think of it. I was there on the course last year. Uh, maybe that's something to make note of going into next year. I Obviously, it won't be played in the same weekend because this took over that spot. Fourth of July weekend was 3M last year. Fourth of July weekend this year is the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Almost like Daniel Berger. Maybe Matthew Wolf is just the guy who wins when, when America is, is showing itself for its birthday. Maybe Matthew Wolf is just going to be an automatic winner. Um, but it's interesting to see if there's going to be a crossover at that event. Uh, Luke List, I didn't bet him this week. He's top 10. Good God. I might have to throw something on him just so I don't miss out. Hovland is just there every single week. It feels like it's coming for him. And even when we go back to Memorial historically, like Bryson gets a win, Cantley gets a win, Hideki won in his first start ever there. Uh, Lingmurth, it was his breakthrough win as he was a younger player. Maybe it's just a spot where younger guys break through at this point. If Tiger's not winning, then uh, Kucher had one of his first ever wins there. 
Uh, really good at Nicholas Design courses as well, Matt Kuchar, historically. Coastal and Nicholas Designs are sort of his jam. So how am I going to reconstitute this? I'm trying to find now which is that? That is the field for the event. Oh, I had it up before, just the entire scorecard. Uh, let's see. Here we are. Uh, scorecards. Boom. No, this is last year at Memorial. Now I'm just backtracking myself, feeling like an idiot. Uh, okay, so back to this. We'll dig in a little bit deeper. Let's take a look at last year's event. This is still Mark Leishman. We got the 2019 Memorial. Let's take a look at strokes gained and see how people actually got there. Good around the green. Good putting from Patrick Cantlay. Great on approach. So if we just sort by strokes gained approach leaders, Scott Streelman, second and fourth. Molnati and Merritt. Merritt having a good week this week, too. Lost five and a half strokes putting. Woo! Uh, plays well in hot conditions. Had his win at uh, the former Rocket Mortgage Quicken Loans when it was in a different location, but stormed the weekend there. And then you have Cantlay and Duffner and Billy Ho. So approach really overweighted here. Strokes gained off the tee. And we have Grio and Matsuyama as top four sixth and ninth Duffner and Patrick Cantley different ways where you can gain strokes here because you see someone like Grio someone like Duffner accuracy mavens off the tee not a bunch of distance uh Cantley and Xander two of the longest straightest hitters on tour along with Adam Scott so interesting to see how they pop up there strokes game putting for the week uh not great Bo Hossler almost five strokes putting in two round missed the cut thanks for showing up Bo uh you need to putt well obviously uh you'll see like Leishman fifth uh but you don't need to have like the out liar a week Keimer did to come third but everyone else with over five strokes gained Kisner Putnam Badley and Keimer uh good results you, I mean you would take those if you use Aaron Badley and he came 22nd obviously but you can get away from time to time with losing strokes putting at this event not losing strokes but just not being absolute scorched earth let's take a look at the year before uh just to see if it correlates at all let's go to approach again to see how people finish Tiger Oh, yeah, minus seven and a half strokes putting. Wow, still came 23rd because of that. Cantley was second in approach, came fourth. Stanley, second, third in approach. Neiman, fourth, sixth. So, yeah, you really do want to overweight approach, especially versus off the tee. You'll see Scott, Luke List, Ben Ann, 35th, 37th, second, 23rd for Keegan, 23rd for Woodland, 44th for Bubba Watson. Patrick Rogers came eighth that week, too. It's, he pulled the Bryson from Rocket Mortgage for three and a half off the tee, and now Bryson's at like nine or something like that for the week. Uh, but the putting, well, seven strokes gained. So the hot putter the, can really mask uh, some bad around the green and bad approach versus the field. Creo gained a bunch of strokes off the tee again. Very comfortable off the tee. Same as Jason Duffner at this course. Must suit their visions and their ball shapes uh, and their just ability to hit fairways, I'm assuming. Uh, But yeah, so is around the green around the green's real dicey from time to time rory rose tiger bill bill haas bill haas been playing a little bit better i believe he did he make the cut this week i think he made the cut this week we'll go back and look at that in a second he was my guy uh after a while the year that uh jason duffner won we go back and take a look at strokes gained approach uh he was the leader summer haze Maybe they can give him a sponsor's invite. They did it for next week. Uh, eight and a half, eight and a half. And then you have Kisner, Lahiri, and Justin Thomas, eight, seven, 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 three. Uh, look at this at the top of the leaderboard. You have Duffner wins by losing strokes on the green. Summer Hayes loses 1.3, comes 10th. Varner loses almost four. He comes 19th. Phil loses five and a half, and he comes 22nd. So this is a place where ball striking is going to matter, approach especially. So when I go back to the modeling, uh, I'm going to switch this around as it goes. I probably don't need as much tee to green. 
probably don't need i'll keep off the t at 10 percent. i'm going to add that extra to approach right now and just i'm going to throw this in i'm going to switch up my modeling throughout the course of the week once i dig in a little bit harder of course is the first look just to you can get a sense of what i'm seeing right now and just where mistakes were made and what i should be targeting a little bit more uh if we look back let's see last 50 rounds two months so i'm taking all this information since golf has returned from its hiatus and i'm going to run it again and do more research after the stats from rocket mortgage get loaded in uh, we see that Werner Hovland, Neesmith, Neiman, Griot, Damon. I'm really curious to see what this Neiman number is going to be, where he couldn't close the door the two weeks that he played, then didn't play Rocket Mortgage, a place. Maybe we get a 50. I think I have to be in on 50. Because of this field where it's so strong, uh, he might get pushed down the board a little bit. Going to be a super popular DraftKings play. Uh, probably have to eat the chalk on that if he's the right price. I don't really mind eating the 7000 mid-7,000 to mid-$8,000 chalk at this point. Uh, he just keeps coming through every single week. So overall, ranking, Hovland, Streelman, Neiman, Rose, Na, Champ. Na's not playing. Uh, it hasn't been updated yet for his withdrawal. Champ uh, rejoined the tour this week, uh, made the cut. Thomas Henley. Henley was someone I wanted to get on last week. Is Ryan Moore playing? Because I really want to get on him, too. No, he's not. Thank God I don't have to waste money on Ryan Moore. Hadley missed the cut on the number this week. Uh, Bubba, uh, his off the tee, his approach. Tita Green's been really good. Uh, Max Homa, again. Corey Connors. All the regulars you would likely see up there Munoz fucked us all this week Morikawa is going to be really interesting to see if people end up going back to him he was so chalky we bet him at Travelers and he's been bad the last two tournaments really bad on the weekend the around the green has been especially penal you don't want to see that the putting's been bad did gain strokes putting on bent though uh and as we see his splits you know he's a loser on bent a loser on poa but not much like he's right around field average bad on Bermuda so that's something worth noting um, going forward. But we can see that he, over his last 20, 3.6 per tournament, last 10, uh, 3.5 on approach. He's down to 5 uh, over his past 5. And when you lose 3.3 3. 3 in a tournament, but just overall, you'll see that he's been one of the most consistent ball strikers there is on the PGA Tour. Uh, him and Hovland are basically Rory Light at this point. So those are some early leans for me. Uh, just even looking down a little bit more, Norlander continues to strike the ball incredibly well. Uh, I'm curious to dig into Bramlett a little bit. He has the distance here, but it seems like almost any style can kind of win uh, if this course is set up like Memorial is. Like I said, we're going to get more information about this course throughout the run of the week uh, that maybe we'll see substantial differences. I don't know. Uh, let's go to, if you use Fantasy National and you just go back to Rocket Mortgage, that way you can see the in-tournament stats. And I believe everything has concluded. Uh, let's see. Yeah, everyone is final. It's going to be Wolf by three over Hovland and Bryson, Merritt, Hubbard, Sheamus, Kirk and Webb all at 14. But let's see who actually has the best chance of doing this here. Let's go to the in-tournament stats. You have to be on the tournament in question if you want to see the in-tournament stats. How have they been doing it this week? Well, ball striking. Oh, man, Ryan Armour's approach. He had the hole-in-one, which really does skew that. But around the green, he's been good. Putting, he's been good. Wolf is riding a fire putter right now. So is Bryson. And, but Bryson, Bryson, at least ball-striking-wise, is doing it off the tee. Wolf is... I don't want to say it's smoke and mirrors, but he had a really bad round one. So let's just see what he did round three, because that tells more of the story going forward, because he has the bad round one. And then we're going forward. He actually lost strokes on approach in round three, gained 3.4 strokes, putting good around the green. Okay off the tee. Bad. Field average on approach, great around the greens, great on the greens. Whew. That's actually somewhat encouraging that if he goes back to his baseline in terms of overall putting, 
uh, where he's normally at. Uh, Putt's the worst on bent. Putt's better on Bermuda and Poa. Uh, has been positive lately, but if that's, I mean, he's gained over three in one round. If that can swing back, I mean, that could open the door for a lot of people to sneak back through. You just hope that Bryson and Webb get stalled, and then some of these long shots can make a move. I'm getting myself fired up now. Uh, in terms of showdown, you get so many points for first place. I think that everyone's going to be on Wolf with the three-stroke lead. I can't sit here and tell you not to use him, uh, depending on what the pricing is going to be. I should have access to that uh, if I do go take a look at it. But uh, sometimes you need to have a unique lineup. If he's going to be super highly owned, I bet you he, Bryson, and Webb are going to be the three highest owned guys. uh, And Wolf making this run with the pricing having already been out is going to be a good price. A lot like Todd a week ago that maybe you fade Wolf and go with the other guys. Maybe that's how you can make yourself different. Maybe he goes full Todd. uh, And all of a sudden he drops back a little bit. Like he comes sick then all of a sudden you're dancing if you can find yourself the winner in the second place guy who had a really bad day on the greens we did this with russell henley last week uh, and it really worked out i had a really like i saved my week with sunday showdown a week ago ended up positive for the week on DraftKings. i mean dustin johnson winning saved a lot of my week-long lineups i don't think i'm going to have that same luxury this week so i'm gonna have to do really well on showdown i'm not even looking to try to break even on the week i'm just looking to have a winning day for showdown uh, so bad. Okay, so here are two guys, Stricker and Norlander. Norlander especially gained a ton with his irons, good off the tee, 3.4 in ball striking. He's at minus 10. He's in 30th right now. So he's way off the lead. So you're probably not going to get any bonus points if he ends up winning. But if he has a great day, let's say he can shoot 65. So that's 700 and he gets himself up to minus 17. Um, that's probably not going to be good for a top five, but maybe a top 10. If things break right and the leaders don't go completely bananas, or at least that mid-range doesn't, uh, who else? Uh, Sung Yul No had a really bad day on the greens, good day on approach. Ricky Fowler, ooh, Fowler, geez, good day off the tee, good day on approach, couldn't sink a putt to me to save his life. All right, I can get behind that. Ryan Armour, decent day or bad day, good day, bad day putting, good day on the greens, just in terms of overall ball striking, although it's been a lot of approach. Oh, my guy, Wes Bryan. If he can keep up this, like, he, he's probably not going to gain three strokes putting again. I believe he's done that the past two days. I hope he can gain five tomorrow. That would be excellent. But just keep up that approach, Wes. Uh, every day, it's been in the positives around this number. Just keep that up. Keep draining putts. And just the around the green has been so abysmal. I think out of all players this week, he's 150th in the field getting it up and down. I mean, getting it up. Take some fucking... Cialis pal but get it down I mean you're not calling your doctor to get it around around the hole you're saving yourself with putting but the around the green has been atrocious if he in order to make the run he's he won't be able to miss the green so I guess it's kind of irrelevant he has to hit the greens in regulation then he has to make the putts if he wants to make a run but a top five on Wes Bryan this week I think where we got him at it's going to pay like 45 to one so fingers crossed on you Webley or Wesley Webley Webley's down here. Bad day putting for Tita Green-wise. Webb is the one who is primed to make the run. Uh, I'm curious what his odds are going into tomorrow. Um, I didn't really take anyone at the top of the card. Like, I haven't bet anyone lower than 40-1 to 1 all week, and that was Kevin O. We all know how that went, and it's just bombs for me the rest of the way. Looking at it right now, uh, Matthew Wolf is the favorite, plus 125. Bryson, 2-1. to 1. Armour, 12-1. to 1. Webb is 22-1. to 1. 
if we think that Wolf cannot sustain that hot putter, which he could, I mean, that's very, I wouldn't say it's very likely, but Webb 22 to 1, striking the ball as well, he is, well as he is having a bad putting day. Uh, Hovland 28 to 1. And then you get into your like Wallace and Hideki's, uh, those guys are way back. What's Hovland in at? I believe Hovland finished at, he's one of the 13 crew. So he's at 13. And Webb is at 13 as well, one under. I mean, as long as Bryson doesn't get so hot, if he shoots five under again, it's probably over for the guys at 13. Uh, That would take, what, an eight under? So, yeah, that's going to be tough. A 64. 64s are out there. We just saw it with Matthew Wolf back-to-back days. If he stumbles a little bit, Bryson only fires five under. Armor treads water a little bit. I mean, five under for him again. He's another guy who's already shot a 64. So these minus 13, minus 14 guys can shoot a 64. I think they're very much live. I think that's an interesting strategy to take in showdown if you're playing some of the uh, the higher-end stuff this week. Where did I do with my in-tournament stats? Of course, I forgot about everything. Let's go back to the in-tournament stats once again. So a few of those guys just mentioned some names. Uh, from the very top of the leaderboard, if we look at round three only, <clears throat> we're in a situation where, click that over total, who played well from the very top and couldn't get much going. So Kirk was just bad. It saved himself around the greens. But Wes Bryan, um, you know, he putted really well, but he was there ball striking wise. Uh, let's see, Hideki, excellent ball striking wise. Fabian Gomez, really good ball striking. Same with Arjun. Arjun Atwell, what is this, like 1998? What the hell is going on here? Bryson ball striking, a lot of that off the tee, but did gain on approach. Uh, didn't make as many putts as the first two days. That's just going to kind of be a kick in the nuts to you. Um, Chris Kirk, minus 2.6. Merritt. Hmm. This is very interesting to me. Well, I can't believe Luke List is gaining in both and gaining strokes putting. Maybe List is a guy to go take, but you just know that putter can go so cold so quickly. Uh, if we do scroll down, like I said, Atwell. Who else? Norlander. Gellerman. Huh. Almost two. Ricky Fowler. So if these are some of the guys, Steve Stricker, these are some of the guys you want to take a shot on to get out early. Uh, everyone's just trying to stack the leaderboard, but you don't necessarily need that to win big. Of course, having one, two, three, four, five, six on the leaderboard would be optimal, uh, but you can squeeze some low ownership guys. And if they go out and shoot that 64, you're going to want to have them in your lineup. Uh, not going to lie to you. Like I said, Russell Henley last week was a good example of that. Uh, I did really well in a lot of the, not the giant, giant GPPs, but I won a ticket to the 555 and a 15 man contest. Uh, won a bunch of millionaire maker tickets in 50, 55 man contests uh even almost i came second in a bunch of the 10 cent ones which had like 200 people in it didn't win but came in second uh was that close all i needed was one more putt from someone on the course and all of a sudden i would have taken those down and i was using some guys from the early wave uh we can look up the weather as well let's go take a look at that i had it saved in my tabs this week Uh, so detroit city airport is what i had been using i like to use the super forecast when it comes down to this what are we going to see on sunday so we have saturday let's go to sunday pretty benign all day if max wind's going to be eight miles per hour wouldn't expect there to be too much of an advantage it's a bit cooler in the morning it's going to be go from 77 when guys 72 77 when guys get on the course to 90 when they're trying to close up so maybe there's a bit of fatigue factor maybe the it uh, doesn't people get confused on the greens as the temperature changes maybe it's a bit softer conditions if they water the course if you have early guys if you want to take a gamble on one of those guys trying to post a very good score very early uh just kind of go back to looking ahead this week if we go to rounds one and two round two is like what i what i like looking at the most uh, if we're going to try to project forward a week uh so round two only 
we can see a lot of the guys, even those who have missed the cut this time around, who who missed the cut, who was decent on approach. Stanley got it going, couldn't make a putt. Um, I think people might talk themselves into him because of the course history, but maybe he burned enough people this week that it wasn't that big of a deal. Oh, let Kennedy in, Michael Gillick. Michael Kim, two and a half. Duffner picking up that those hot irons right when it matters most. Glover. Oh, I do have. I got a message from someone who grew up playing with Bo Hogg at Mirfield Village. It turns out Bo Hogg, who is in the field next week for workday, uh, his grandfather helped construct the course with Jack Nicholas. Uh, I don't know if that's going to mean anything uh, moving forward, but he's just an interesting name <clears throat> that very few people are probably going to use. That is, it's somewhat interesting to me because no one's going to use Bo Hogg. He's a winner on the web.com tour last year. Uh, he's someone to compile up birdies in bunch and he might be like the min price. If that's a narrative that you want to go with and fuck, my picks were so bad this week, I might as well just start fucking going off narrative. Uh, that That's just an interesting tidbit to go with. Uh, Grayson, I wish some of the better guys had better rounds. Come on here, Scotty Scheffler. Across the board was good in round. Hey, I guess when, when you shoot seven under, you're going to have a good day somewhere. Bo Hossler gained on approach and lost four strokes putting. That's like bizarro Bo Hossler. Uh, gaining on approach is Keegan. Pat Perez ended up making the cut. He had a decent round two. Uh, who were the guys who just did the worst on that? Or maybe some really poor putting guys. Uh, Lonto did it all with his putter. Gillick couldn't make a putt. Han couldn't make a cut. Putt. Any of the good guys we see from Sam Ryder, that shouldn't be shocking news. Bill Haas, oh, he, he ended up missing the cut bigly. He had a good first round, bad second round. Uh, Glover, the ball striking was there, but the putting was not. I know a lot of people like Glover this week. Let's see. Tyler McCumber is another player who missed the cut. Um, missed the cut by two, but had a decent week um, in terms of approach and around the greens. A little bit off the tee in round two. Couldn't make a putt to save his life. So these are some of the people that we can go and look at. That's the best way to utilize the fantasy national tool. Didn't want to waste everyone's time with going in on that, especially if you're watching it after one to pad the beginning with all of the workday stuff and maybe some, some of the showdown stuff. Uh, and if you want to construct a whole bunch of lineups for showdown, Obviously, you can do that pretty easily on FantasyNational.com. All you need to do, click back over, uh, go to round four DraftKings for Rocket Mortgage, and you can do this with all the tournaments every week and for every single one of this showdown slates. Obviously, I have my custom model uh, mixed in right now, and that's for Memorial, not Rocket Mortgage. But that's not really what we're talking about uh, as it pertains to this because we're just talking about uh, what the pricing is going to be. I was just really curious to see what Matthew Wolf's pricing uh, is going to be in this. Let's see. Matthew Wolf, 8,200. Yeah, everyone's going to use him. Just pray on that his putter regresses and the irons don't pick back up. Maybe they do, <laughs> and you're, you're fucked. But these are sort of the decisions that you have to make yeah, you can go Bryson Webb probably pretty easily here. Yeah, we talked about Gellerman had a good day. Where was Norlander? Yeah, Norlander's only 7,200. Maybe Wes Bryan, 7,700. Yeah, you can fill out a team. You might not be able to go Webb Bryson exclusively, depending on who you like from down here. But, like, List is $7,000. Uh, he was someone who kind of popped up on that list a little bit. Arjun Atwell, if you really want to take a gamble, $6,300. So there's guys to use if you want to go use them and do that super studs. Uh, but even fade, just fading Wolf probably gives you leverage enough that even a chalkier Bryson DeChambeau or Webb Simpson is someone that you can go to and not feel too badly about it knowing that you're going to fade matthew wolf matthew wolf wins you lose now you're probably going to lose anyway so you might as well take a stand and go with it that will do it for me the link to the pme open in the description of this podcast and video 
Smash the like. Give me your early leans in the comment section. I like Rose and Neiman and Stan. Oh, God. I like Rose and Neiman. Let's just let's start with those two guys and Leishman, those three guys, and work out from there. And uh, we'll see, I'll see you on Monday with Feinberg to see if we've done anything else and really moved off of those stances. Uh, hopefully we get lucky on Sunday and one of these long shots comes through with either a top five or a win. That would be glorious. I would just like Wes Bryant to secure his top 20. Uh, that, you know earns back a nice little chunk for the week that maybe we've lost uh, anyway i'm pat mayo share the show around it's free to use uh you know like i said the rating for the show sharing it around all that kind of stuff uh, really goes a long way sub to the podcast all that fun stuff too i'll be back on monday with feinberg i'll see you then enjoy the weekend this is the story of the one As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.